This PlayStation 5 was provided by PlayStation for review. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games Cast Spoiler Cast for Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games, Blessing at Oye Jr. Be greater, be yourself. Oh, you nailed it this time. Yeah. Yeah, man, you, I had to memorize it. Oof, you bricked it at the review. It was, it was I embarrassing. Did. It was not good. Very what did he say? He did. He just. He was like, "Be something." He's I don't know. All yeah. over the place. I was like, That's "Be better." Embarrassing, right, Brian? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, was, it wasn't a good look, but I got to tell you, you're on point today. I love it. Thank you. No, I appreciate you it. can't stop complimenting him. In the pre-show, you said he's your new favorite. Now you're saying <laughs> this. You can't even get the taglines right for your game. You got it this time, though. That's what matters. I mean, he's obviously the king of Halloween, right? Oh, my God. There you go. Don't start speaker. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Joining me in blessing is Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the bald one at Tim Gettys. Let's him host. I'm so excited to talk about this game. This is my first time. (laughs) I'm being unleashed. And and, in the spoiler cast, I don't even need to hold anything back. I know. Yeah, you got got to. I got my PS5. I got to to play it, beat the hell out of it, which I did. Very exciting stuff. And remember, while we're here, too, of course, our PlayStation 5s were provided by PlayStation. Don't come after us, FTC. Uh, and then, rounding out our quartet, he is the creative director at Insomniac Games, Brian Horton. Hello, Brian. How's it going, everybody? Uh, we, you know, it's going pretty well. PlayStation 5 launch week. We are recording this the day before the PlayStation 5 launches. We're posting it the day after the PlayStation 5 launches. I think, more importantly, how are you? You're about to launch a video game. Oh, wow. Well, i just so happy to be a part of this team. I mean, Insomniac Games just killing it right now, right? I mean, yeah. um, and we're, we are we couldn't be happier to work on a game like Miles Morales. So it's just been cool to see the fan reaction and uh, people digging it. Now, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, the way a kind of funny spoiler cast works is the gloves are off. We're going to talk about everything. Don't watch this episode of the Gamescast or listen to it until you've beaten this game because we're going to go into each and every little mighty minutia detail that we want to about this. Nothing's held back. So I'm going to do the rigmarole here. But when we come out of that, the gloves are off. This is all the time you have to stop the podcast, stop cooking, go over there, mute your radio, whatever you're doing. All right? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, remember, of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, we come together to talk about video games, the things we love, the things we don't love, the things we like, all for you, the Kind of Funny best friends. Remember, you can get the games cast over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show that, yes, we've done three episodes this week. This is the one with the post show. And, of course... You can usually watch it as we record it live. Uh, today's a little bit different, obviously, with the embargo and the game not being out yet and us not wanting to ruin it for you. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. YouTube.com slash games, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. You can get a brand spanking new episode of the Gamescast each and every week. And speaking of that, housekeeping. If you didn't know, I just told you, this is the third episode of the Gamescast. You need to go to kindoffunny.com slash PS5. You, of course, can go get more Gamescast. We have the Bugsnacks review. We have the Miles review. We have the Astro review. We have the Assassin's Creed Valhalla review all up right now now for your pleasure of course you can get those as podcasts on the let's play side uh there's a let's play of demon souls up for playstation 5 launch there's an episode of spider-man remastered up for your enjoyment uh there is so much content and it's all on kindoffunny.com slash ps5 or podcast services of your choice if you'd like something like ps i love you xoxo or gamescast as an audio feed or blessings first impressions which also has the path up right now 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Tom Bach, ALWT Gaming, Kevin is the best Christmas elf, Jeffrey PPPP Long, Sancho West Gaming, and James Hastings. Today, we're brought to you by Honey and Hymns, but we will talk about that later. Now it's time to talk about Spider-Man, Miles Morales, spoilers. This is it. This is your chance to get out. Okay. Brian. You guys, you know, I don't I don't even know where to begin sometimes. I think where I want to begin is a personal anecdote about this story, which is the day after I beat it, Jen and I went on a hike and she asked me, oh, so what happened? And I explained the entire thing to her and got choked up to the point of having to stop talking twice. Yeah, that that is the feels you guys gave us in this game. We uh, we love your tears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Always the goal. Tears. Yeah, I, I mean, all. Go ahead, man. No, no, you go, please, please. This is your chance to talk. This is your podcast. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to say that you know, kudos to our team. Just, you know, we we fall in love with Miles Morales from the first game. You know, sure. he was a central part of that story that Brian Intahar wanted to bring to the universe. You know, you may or may not know, Miles and Pete don't usually live in that same universe. They had to be brought together, but we chose in Insomniac Universe to to make them a part of one. So, if you think about it, this origin story really started there. So our job was like, how do we make the best, you know, year one story? Actually, it's kind of like a year two story for Miles Morales that was both that had heart and really separated me and Pete from Miles. So it was just, I just love this character so much, and and it was so amazing to work with the team to bring to bring the story together. Talk to me about bringing that story together, because I think you know when we had Brian up for spoiler cast back in 2018 for Spider-Man, right? It was all the stuff of man that ending and having it be Harry and Norman and have it be what looks to be the symbiote and have it to be like okay, that's what we're building towards. At what point did you guys know you were doing this smaller Uncharted Lost Legacy, whatever you want to call it, version yeah. for Miles? So I, I joined Insomniac around six months uh, before the game came out. And Brian Intar and I had a lot of conversations about the possibility of, of, of doing the standalone game. And I jumped at it. It was like, yes, please, let's do this. And uh, the, the idea here was, how can, we, how can we ensure that the story we're going to tell is going to be a full arc, something that really pays off in the idea of Miles' journey to become a hero? And, and for that point, it was just, what do, we, what do we want that story to be about? How, how can we tell that story in the most impactful way? Mm. And uh, ultimately, it came down to, well, what if... What if Miles, who's a, who's a kid from Brooklyn, what if he had to move? What if he had to move to his mom's childhood home and then get to learn all about East Harlem as he's learning how to be a hero? And that sort of became the seed of which our whole story sort of grew around. And, uh, and those themes, those themes of family and home and uh, him finding his way, uh, th- that, was, that was the beginning of, of all of it. And, and it's sort of what we always came back to. You know, one of the things after we the review embargo lifted and we got to talk about it, I was having a conversation on Twitter uh, with our friend Paris Lilly, and he said what I had been saying, I think, in, I think even somewhere buried in the review blessing, and I did, but talking about, like, for me, it's the game has heart. And that's not to say that Spider-Man PS4, Spider-Man 2018 didn't have that. Obviously, it did. But there's something about being with Miles on this journey and having it be so young, right? You know, Spider-Man's been going for eight years in 2018's version of that universe. To have it here and be with Miles as he learns these things. I mean, there's such a great moment in the game, right, where when 
Pete finally checks in on him and they have this phone call conversation and he's like, so what's going on? And Miles like, I discovered a conspiracy in my neighborhood. And Pete's like, ha classic. Like to get to have those moments is so important. But how did you go about figuring out what those moments would be? And then also how do you, is it fair to say this game trimmed the fat? I feel like that's something we talked about. Not because it's shorter, obviously in length, but I feel like pound for pound, this game is all gas and it never slows down. And even playing remastered last night, it was like, oh, right, you know, the mini games for figuring out the circuits and all these other things that didn't stop or grind the action to a halt, but didn't have anything like that in Miles. I think it's all about focus. You know, the team knew because we were going to make a smaller in scale product, we, we felt like there was areas that we really wanted to invest in and just one decision that's different. Like we chose to be in Miles' shoes the whole time. That yeah. that instantly changed the dynamic of the game. But we wanted those pacing shifts. So being in Miles Morales' shoes as a as a kid, you know, walking through the streets of Harlem was going to be as important as being you know, in his new spider suit. So those two things had to be right. But we we really just took all the strengths we feel that were in Marvel Spider Man and tried to build up on them, like making these bombastic set pieces that felt as fluid as possible uh, to look at opportunities on how we can build upon the combat of Spider-Man by adding these bioelectric powers and mm. visibility and how we can um, create an opportunity to engage in the open world with the, with the Spider-Man app. Like we, all those kind of innovations that we, we came to were like, these are things that we think are both telling stories, but also hopefully mechanically feeling richer uh, in, in the game. You, Greg brings up uh, the the idea that Spider Man 2018 that Peter's been doing it for eight years and like we we kind of that is a a not unique necessarily take on Spider Man but it's one that I think that we get a lot less of like we get a lot of his early yeah. years and we get a lot of the kind of okay he's in college but him as an adult I mean yes in the comics we get that a lot but in other mediums we don't really see it so it was fresh in the video game Miles being such a newer character um, with just not you know 50 60 plus years of comic history only having less than a decade of history his only stories have been year one year two yeah. kind of that idea and i think that we we're i'm very familiar with him from the brian michael bendis uh you know sarah run like the initial runs of the story yep. in the, the ultimate line uh but to then kind of get into the spider-verse and that blowing miles up in a completely different way that he's now a household name he is now this character and that movie gave him so much more character than mm -hmm. than he had previously and gave him so many things that when people think miles they they think of the style they think of the clothes over the suit they think of the the more hip-hop elements of it and, and, and the neon and all of that how did you guys kind of take that and still have your own take like what were the core tenets of your miles as opposed to that one well with our partners at Marvel Games, we always start with the comics, right? Those are the Rosetta Stone. So the Brian Michael Bendis, Sarah Pacelli comics are the, the starting point. But they're also, you know, we're in the Insomniac universe, so there's always a twist to it. So as you guys know, in the comics, you know, his dad isn't dead. In our game, you know, Jefferson dies. So that, that sends Miles in a totally different direction. And that allows our universe sort of to flex and grow. What was funny is we were working on our story and, and, and we kind of had our first draft of our story when Into the Spider-Verse came out. So it was kind of cool in a way to see how, oh, man, they did some things that we were thinking about doing, but they did it in a different way. So it was like it was kind of this weird thing, you know, like in the zeitgeist when two people are working on the, <laughs> the thing at the same time, you might see some similarities. Sure. So I'd say we definitely learned like or saw the success of that movie as like and it almost just made us feel so much more confident. Like, yeah. 
this is the right story to, to focus on. This is the right character to elevate. And our team was just so excited about bringing our take on this character that we loved to a premiere title, to something that really was a, a video game that we've never seen before. And to your point, that year one story is so well understood through Peter Parker, but not as well understood um, through Miles Morales. So that was a great counterpoint that Brian Tahar really wanted to be able to say is, hey, we're going to have our own take on that origin story through Miles Morales while we have this more mature Peter Parker. I guess both of those things working together made for a um, an exciting opportunity for us. And it was so cool to see people jazzed about the Into the Spider-Verse suit, for instance, that went into the oh, game. Because yeah. you know, you could tell that not only did we love that film, we wanted to recreate some of the magic of that film in, in the way the suit mods work with the on the twos and the onomatopoeia, you know, burst cards. So yeah, there's a ton of love for that movie. Um, but we think they are two analogous, you know, sort of takes on Miles' origin story. So that's all well and good. You're allowed to have the PR answer of, yeah, yeah. But you have to, when you're watching Into the Spider-Verse going, oh, no. Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. doing the same like, thing we're right. doing. Was right. it nerve-wracking so at all? Like, coming of off of Into the Spider-Verse? Of course, here's the thing. That that movie is just dripping with style and cool, right? It's just yeah. the, the music, the, um, first of all, as a story, they, they they really took Miles as a character and just and, and stretched him in areas that I never expected. Seeing Peter B. Parker and that take on on a, on a character that we thought we knew everything about and just like no, we don't know everything about this character. And then just art direction uh, overall. That I mean, everything about that film to me is like on that near flawless level. It oh, is yeah. probably one of my favorite Spider-Man things ever. Period. So yeah, of course it was one of those things where you can go. That's excellent. What is our ver what is our version of great look like, right? And mm -hmm. that's what our team sort of came back to and said, okay, we knew we had these things that we wanted to do, but we have to swing for the fences, obviously, because they just put up they just put up a, a total W there. It's like, wh what are yeah. we doing to to make our own our take on it? And with that, I, I gotta ask. People would destroy me if I didn't bring this up. What was behind the Jordans to Adidas switch? <laughs> well, you know, ultimately, the, the thing that's funny is people think that's where Miles always rocked, right? If you go to the comics, there's not a Jordan anywhere. Absolutely there, not. No. There, there, that, but now you just have it burned into your brain, right? Like, that is what he wears. So, um, so ultimately, it was, you know, it's, it's a business thing, right? There, there are things that we were doing, but what we're excited about is if you think about Adidas, and, you know, if you're you know, an old hat like me, I think of Adidas as and hip hop as being like this, like they, yeah. you know, I, I think of New York, I think of all the, the, the stuff that culturally, the touchstones of that, it, 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 it feels extremely connected. And, and I'm really excited about that kind of history of hip hop that we sort of infused into the game with, with his familial connections, right? This is a spoiler cast, so we can talk a little bit about it. It was important to us that Miles had a history um, in, in not only being a Spider-Man, but he has a he has a um, a love of music, and that was our take on on adding into the tapestry of his of his character was he created music. He create he's a producer. He creates beats, and that love goes all the way back to his uncle and to his father. And just seeing that sort of legacy um, come through Miles, we we loved adding that as part of our story. So, how did you guys land on? Prowler, Rhino, and the Tinkerer as the main three villains uh, in the game. Because, like, that's one that's one of the things I found fascinating, especially coming off of Into the Spider-Verse, is seeing this take on Prowler and wondering, okay, how is this, how is this going to play out? Because I'm somebody who hasn't read the Miles Morales comics, and so I'm not, yeah. I'm not completely, like, aware and familiar with 
how things traditionally go go down with Prowler. I just know the Miles Morales like, oh snap, okay now they're now they're against each other sort of thing. Uh, how how did you guys land on those three specifically? Well, that's a great question because we we went through the idea like who is going to be in this game, and it was almost like by default we said, well the Prowler has to be in it, mm-hmm. right? But then yeah. we said, well, what is the Prowler going to do? Why is the Prowler important in our story? And in the comics, it's more, you know, it's actually kind of a, if you think about it, it's like if Uncle Ben was the good uncle, Aaron Davis was the bad uncle. He was like, he was really getting Miles into, into trouble. And he was using him to 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 further his criminal empire. And and we, we thought, well, that's, a, that's definitely a really compelling take. But when you see into the Spider-Verse and you saw in our story, we were going in a different direction of, well, what if it wasn't like that? So when we saw Into the Spider-Verse take a different take on, on the Prowler, a sympathetic sympathetic villain, and they didn't know each other's identity, we're like, okay, the way we're stretching our version of the character makes sense to us. Um, and really the hook there was, here's a guy who's left the, the, the life of crime after the death of Jefferson Davis. That was something that was different that wasn't in any of the films to say, I can't let this happen again. I've got to get back into the family. So that's our Prowler's need. He takes a day job to try to get in good graces with, back into the Morales family. So that's sort of that dynamic. Now, when it came to that, to Rhino, if you guys, you know, you guys all played Spider-Man. I love the fact that Miles Morales went up against Rhino in the first game. I love As it. As a kid, right, yeah. with no powers, trying to get medicine for the fee shelter. And he has to survive in this sort of cat and mouse horror style uh, sequence with, with with Rhino. So having a matchup against Rhino again and get this new take uh, as a superhero, we thought that was a matchup we had to, we had to see, right? So that became why why Rhino was important to us. Well, it's and like a rite we, of passage too with Rhino yeah. in Spider-Man video games. I feel like yeah. that has to be like <laughs> the first boss, you know? It, like it has to be that the you dodge it, whatever. And I, I loved the take on Rhino in this from a gameplay perspective, uh, especially early on. It was such a thrilling opening to this game as being yeah. this mad like magical set piece that automatically to me it was like it screamed we're back in this spider-man world that i love and this is next check and this is yeah, like it, we're seeing run through the mall it was so fun it's almost like rhino's comfort food for the franchise like you just look at it rhino's like yes this is spider-man i i i vibe with it but that extra meaning that we had in the connection to the first game was why i think rhino versus any other of the sinister six yeah. Uh, and then it came down to the Tinkerer, and that was the the villain that we really were trying to think about. What is what makes the the best sense? And we knew we wanted a villain. If you know, in the comics, Miles Rogue's gallery isn't super deep like Peter Parker's. He doesn't have a Sinister Six. He doesn't have those adversaries that you think of and go, "Oh my gosh, this is the iconic adversary." So we thought this is an opportunity for us to sort of take a classic villain and twist it for a modern day. And that's where the Tinkerer comes from. And we we really did like Marvel was so good with us, like. We said, look, we really want to stretch who the Tinker is, what the Tinker is all about. And we want to introduce a br- almost like it's a brand new character, but mm-hmm. still having the DNA of a weapons manufacturer. That's all the Tinker was. Mm-hmm. But now let's say, what if the Tinker was younger? What if Tinker is on the front lines? What if instead of just regular weapons, there were these uh, programmable matter we- like technology that can make any kind of weapon? And instantly you get into that modern, cool, fresh kind of take on, on a classic villain. So that's sort of the the triangle, and the and and then of course we have Roxon. So Roxon is the other big component. And in the comics, there was a tension in Ultimate with between the Tinkerer and Roxon. They they sort of you know work for each other. So we sort of had loose threads that we were trying to to put together between them. So those, those I, that's why. 
as a as a fan of the comics and stuff i love that stuff so much i love kind of the the reinvention of characters and things that we're familiar with and i think that the 2018 spider-man did such a good job with that uh as well and set such a great foundation for the world of spider-man that like now it's kind of like cool we don't need to be reintroduced to a lot of these elements because they're already there for us so it's like cool what uh, what villains are we going to see and what are we going to do because i mean quite honestly like 2018 had a lot of villains like it had the sinister six as well as other characters right so like taskmaster and all that stuff so with this one uh when we're introduced and it and uh his best friend's name's finn with phin i was like oh no <laughs> like i know where this is going and that's a cool <laughs> twist on this i knew tinkerer was in the game and i i, I but i didn't know it was her but the moment that like you hear the name i'm like that's a cool i see where they're going and it the payoff was was great with her spoilers big spoilers here dying at the end like was that always the plan from the beginning like to to commit to that after he's already went through so much loss yeah i mean ultimately there are there's another theme in addition to home you know that the idea of grief and how one manages grief is a big part of of another theme. So Finn is dealing with grief, obviously, right? Her brother's death. Miles is dealing with grief with, with, with his father's death. Those are two characters that were both fundamentally good. If he, in fact, it was super important for us to have a sequence where you saw them in their prime as friends mm. working, you know, seeing what their friendship was all about. And you and you want to root for these kids being friends for life, right? It, it's just like, you just feel this the connection of these two that they're going to do great things but to see how those two lives through grief went in two different directions adds tragedy so you know the the death at the end was sort of like i look at it as her redemption and her sacrifice for the friend that she loves so she became, had her moment of heroism even though she made some poor choices along the way she saw that she was going to do she was not going to let her her best friend die like her brother died that she just wasn't going to let that happen yeah, I think that works on so many different levels in terms of, you know, I know Blessing and I went back and forth on the review, right, of Blessing being like, well, I feel like just having a conversation could stop, <laughs> if we could all <laughs> slow down and talk, which Miles tries to a couple of times and she's not having it, right? But I was right there too of once she got introduced and we already known Tinker had been teased or whatever, it was like, oh, you start putting the pieces together of where this is going to go. And yeah. to find out her motivation, see how they're attached to Miles, and then get to, yeah, this you know giant fight at the end when she's looking down and realizes her plan is not working out and that Miles was right, to have them get down there and then have the sacrifice. And when she said like, – for me, it was uh, – the first time tearing up the next morning with Jen was telling her of them going up and her going, just, just let go, like let go. Yeah. And then when they come crashing down and Harlem does the, you know, he's our Spider-Man when they, they, oh. they block the reporters and so they sit rad. there and, and they go like, no, no, no. Like, you know, you like suddenly everybody knows that he's Spider-Man and they all handle it in such a way of knowing it. It's that fun thing of like the, you know, usually as you know, I hate the new game plus trophies. I hate having to replay an entire <laughs> campaign for one trophy. Go ahead. What are you going to do? How are you going to defend it? Go ahead. Uh, our, I took a deep breath like you're so going to fight fun. me. I go, our game is so fun. You're going to want to play it again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and you're on. not wrong. You're not wrong. The game is fast. And again, especially when you if you want to skip certain cutscenes, but to go back to the beginning, you know what I mean? Which had been like, what, two, two and a half days or what, of game playing for me. But to go yeah. back and see his initial walk through Harlem and seeing yeah. him get off the subway and help with the thing and have the conversation with the graffiti and like, but not feel like a part of the town or the the, the vibe, yeah. right? Because I remember getting dropped into mm -hmm. that and he's eventually in the game says something that, yeah, I got to ask for directions and all this stuff. And I was like, 
I don't get that vibe, but to see it bookended of his final walk through Harlem at the end of the game and then go back and immediately start a new game and replay it and see the differences there, it was that bonding experience of seeing him really become a Harlem resident and really become their Spider-Man and really have this emotional draw to him and the area, I guess. Yeah, man, I, I got to tell you, I, I cried. I played that game. I, I don't know. Maybe, let's just say a hundred times, right? Let's just say, 100, <laughs> right. I cried at least 30 times at the end of the game. How is that possible? I don't even know. Like, and I kept confessing this to my teams. Like, how do you guys do this to me every time I'm playing the game? I know exactly what's going to happen. And maybe I'm a softy, but you know, I just, I just think um, I, I, for us, it was important that, that, that we earned that moment. And it was really hard. I'm not saying it was easy. And there's always ways that we can improve upon these big turns, and these big emotional moments. But um, I, I, I'm just proud that we were able to take a new, do the new take on Finn Mason that you never knew you wanted, right? Like, I don't think this is anything people are like, God, you know what I really want to do? I really want to see the Tinkerer as, as a young girl that's friends with Miles Morales, eventually becomes the Tinkerer and sacrifices her life to save her best friend. Like, that that's what I'm so proud of the writing team and the creative team of like really pushing for something different. And, uh, and that's, that's a high wire act, right? Like you're really going up there saying, I, I hope this works. And, yeah. uh, and hey, you're talking about high moments, man. We got to talk about the costume. We got to talk about it when they first, <laughs> him and Genki sitting there designing it, the music's playing. And then he finally gets his suit and you get to swing for the first time. That is such a, hard moment i think to nail because it can so easily come off as corny or yeah. uh like we've seen it before because we have seen it before in spider-verse this is the video game version of it and i think it was nailed and i think so much of that comes down to the fact that the, the spider-man insomniac universe really 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 goes out of its way to be its own thing and there were just mm -hmm. subtle moments that constantly add up to the greater whole. And that moment for me was when I was like, I had to like pause for a second after I swank for a little bit and just be like, I'm going to be swinging in this game for years to come. When I'm just chilling at home, like scrolling through, blading through my PlayStation, I'm going to be like, I'm just going to swing around New York for a little bit. And I'm going to, it's going to feel as hype and as awesome as that first moment did. Yeah. So that montage sequence, it was, uh, it was created by Alex, one of our animators, to always be partnered with music. So the idea here was how do we how do we express this idea of them building the suit together, the camaraderie they have together uh, in a way that was entertaining and also kind of informative. Like you're feeling like they're experimenting. There's a back and forth, but the triumphant quality at the end when he's swinging through the the city, that was originally going to be all in the back end, but cutting that in between mm. all of the shots, that was just a really interesting way to sort of keep. The, the thing having energy and um and the other thing i want to say just as a backdrop is we never understood or we i know i don't know why sarah Pacelli designed the the, the shape the chevron shape at the top but we we brought in the idea that he was really inspired by his roots the puerto rican flag so the idea of that tri that strong triangle shape sort of informed in his sketchbook one of the design choices of why it looks like that i don't know i just i geek out on that kind of stuff i think, I think totally. it's really, yeah well, I mean, I think that's what was so fascinating about it. For the specifically the spider suit thing, I both loved and hated the fake out at the front. 
Because like yeah. when Peter gives him the box, it was like, oh, here we go. Black, and then you come, he puts it on and drops down in front of Genki. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? What is this weird ass Spidey suit? And then to play for a while. Oh, you, like that, knee, you didn't like the knee pads and, sh- and, and, and shoulders. You know, yeah, yeah, I would have gone a different and, direction. Actually, that's straight up from the comics too. So if you're a comics nerd, that that's the that's his Halloween suit. That's the first suit he gets. Um, so we very much pulled that from the comics. But, but I, it was like you know, ill-fitting and, and and not quite right. But that's the whole point. Is that that wasn't supposed to be his suit, right? Never. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And that's why I think it's there's like it's so powerful. And again, like you know, I, I can only imagine working on this game, having an idea, and then into the Spider Verse drops in is so obviously incredible. But you know, to have Genki tell him, you know, you know, every time you say Spider Man, you're talking about the other guy. Like you're yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Like we need to yeah. own that. I thought he did such a great job of that and showing that friendship and, ha- and having someone to show him what he's doing and how he's an inspiration to people and what he needs to go out and be a part of. Yeah, it, it's a huge character turn for him because that that whole scene is it's bookended by his failure at the bridge, right? So that suit scene is in the backdrop of failure and him being down about it and and not feeling like like his his power is out of control. He doesn't quite know how to do it. But he needs to lean into it, and that and that is part of his growth and his identity of becoming a hero. But you know, Genki is—I I, got to say—that's another thing. I, I'm just Griffin brought brought so much heart into the performance of Genki, and and he's charming as hell too, right? So having him in your ear, I, it, it, we knew he was going to be in our ear a lot. It was really critical that he had that right mix of, you know, uh, positivity and and charm and and humor. I, I want to give you a shout out for Genki because that's that's a character that I think the world hasn't really been introduced to on a wide scale yet. And I think that this is kind of the first time that we're getting that because obviously he's the, the comic character we know. We get Ned in the MCU Spider-Man yeah. movies and that's a similar vibe. But even then, it's different. Like even then, like that is a, a pretty different character. Um, obviously, different name. It is a different character just with similarities. Um, but I, I think that Genki was really done justice in this game as – Miles's best friend and you like you just you truly believe that he's been there and he is there the whole time and him working on the video game and like that whole like his own little like backstory going on feels authentic to the character in a very real way yeah that, that's a Mary Kenny special special she she brought the speed nautagon thing forward and we're like at first like should we cut the speed nautagon thing it's sort of off point like no, no no let's lean in let's let's make it a running gag so it just became this thing of that gave him character and it sort of fleshed out his character because if he just did the app and he didn't have anything else going on, it's like his only service would have been to Miles. And we wanted him to be his own person. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was it was great to see that the, that those charming moments. Uh, and, and the fact that he made the app, though, I like that that allowed you, the player, and Miles Morales to get to learn his neighborhood, right? So sure. that storytelling device to me was um, both mechanically cool and story cool. Well, I appreciate how much it came back to trimming the fat, like we were talking before, right? From what yeah. Spider-Man PS4 was. I do remember, you know, for that trophy, for the Platinum, swinging around waiting for random crimes. And this to be able to open it up and know what I wanted to, that was great. Bless, was what's like, up? To, yeah, I cut to, you off, Blessing, sorry. To shift gears just a little bit, what, what was it like developing a PS5 launch title? Like, were there any challenges specific to that? Because I know you guys had to develop now for, what, three platforms being PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5. Like, did that do anything to the process for you guys in terms of getting this thing out yeah i'd say the great thing about being first party we've always been tight with sony right but we were acquired as we were building this game so um we got we got so much attention from sony to ensure that our engine and uh the technology and spider-man was running well on playstation 5 very early on you guys saw the demo 
the first thing we saw from PlayStation 5 was the the demos of Spider-Man. So so they almost looked at us as like, okay, you're the sort of our flagship. And we were able to get up and running on five really quick. And then it was just a matter of, all right, what do we want to do to maximize all these fantastic features? And um, ray tracing, obviously that was like one big, huge investment. But having that 60 frames per second mode and being able to, mm-hmm. we had that almost like within weeks of us getting up online, you know, like, oh, you know, we can play at 60 frames per second. Like what? As soon as I felt it at 60, I was like, oh man. I mean, it really, it, it really does transform the, the play experience. It's the worst um, then, thing in the world, man. I swear, because <laughs> I I am all about resolution. I'm all about the ray tracing. I love that stuff. I'm usually like thirty feels fine to me. I'll be fine. I played sixty, and I'm just like, oh yep. no, it's so this good, feels so good. I can't go back. I, yeah, not at all. We wanted we wanted you to have a hard choice, right? We wanted you to go. Oh man, uh, uh, which one am I going to use? Um, but yeah, to answer to finish out with blessings question, it's like the, the challenges were how are we going to maximize everything we can do when we haven't really got to understand all the amazing features of this uh, of this system fully. But I'm so stoked that the team embraced that challenge, and I think the haptic controls, the 3D audio, the um, the, the SSD, all of those things were a huge factor in us bringing what I think is the best version of that game. I mean, it really does feel special on the PlayStation 5. And um, the team worked really hard to make sure that we were a strong launch title. Was there any pressure, like being the, the first Spider-Man game, or even just even being a PlayStation 5 launch title, period, right? Like being the ones to kind of kick off a new generation. Was there any like pressure or nervousness there for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you really don't want Mark to be upset with you. I mean, Mark... <laughs> Mark, Mark, create and that his team created a, a system that was empowering us as developers to make our dreams even you know, more of a reality. And um, and the thing that was great is we brought him by one day just to let him experience sixty frames per second and let him see ray tracing. And and all he just when you see Mark smile and you're showing him something, that's all you need. Like just just getting Mark's excitement on what we were doing was uh, was a huge validation. And uh, yeah, I, I'd say the pressure was on, but we, um, Insomniac definitely felt like we, we stood up to the challenge and, and came up with something we were proud of. So Spider-Man running on PlayStation 5 was one of the, the first things we saw of the PS5. But I loved that uh, when there was the, the big PS5 reveal event that was just like all the different announcements and the announcement of this game, the first thing we see is Miles' hand and it's like the electricity and it kind of goes back and it mm-hmm. reveals it's Miles. We freak out. Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I love that that's the end of this game. Like, I love, like, seeing that shot in it. I was just like, oh, my God. And just, it made me realize, like, we just first heard about this game, like, three months ago. Like, and now we've, we've, we've beat it. I just love that that, that moment was kind of, it just felt celebratory for the launch of the PS5 and just for this game and for it to, to be the, the first thing we saw of it, like, at the end of the game, I thought was really rad. Yeah, it, it was, it was a brainstorm we had. Is like, we knew we wanted to do something special. And Ryan Schneider came up with this idea, like, what if we started with this moment at the end of the game that that we have an abstract, you don't know what it's all about, of that of that sacrifice moment, that moment he's willing to sacrifice everything. And having Pete's, you know, obviously Pete's monologue is not a part of that sequence, but putting those two things together was sort of like the passing of the baton in a way to say like, hey, I trust you, it's yours. And then him exploding into the, the, you know, that pink sky right after that black. I mean, those are the things that are kind of magical that I love working at, the, at at Insomniac is is that we're allowed to push and do something that felt a little you know not traditional uh, in, in how we'd reveal a game. So yeah, it was pretty pretty exciting. 
I kicked Speaking myself of- so much because when we first saw it, like, and I watched it like the you know the third time or whatever in 4K. I remember being like, "This strikes me as like it's like the last boss battle," and I never said it on camera. So I look, you know, no one will ever believe that I thought that. Blessing, you were going to go, sorry. Yeah, I was saying, speaking of the lightning, like, what, what were you guys' approach as far as combat? Because that was one of my uh, biggest curiosities going into this one, like saying, all right, so is the combat going to be the, basically the same combat from 2018? Because Spider-Man 2018's combat was already perfect. Like, what are those changes gonna, going to be? And actually getting my hands on the game and seeing that you guys have the the venom powers and the the camouflage and you guys stripped away some of the web powers like where were you guys' thought process behind how you're going to refine the combat for this game yeah it was it was our number one pillar uh in the in our creative mission and we started day one defining what it was that made miles unique from peter parker and we started with one thing and it was that bioelectric punch yeah mm. people get really confused why we great. call it venom why we call it Venom? Like it's Venom because that's what the comic. That's that's what Brian Michael Bendis decided to call his power. So, if everyone's confused, it, we just we say bioelectric. It's canon. <laughs> blame him. Bio-electric blame powers. him. Blame Bendis. But, <laughs> but, but, but we we let Genki name it. So anyway, I just want to let you guys know where that comes from. Uh, the but that one punch was the foundation of everything we did from there because we knew it had to have a couple different things. One, that it had to work in concert with the main Spider-Man abilities, that we wanted it to be more um, cinematic and more dynamic. And then we, uh, the other thing that Cam Christian wanted is he wanted to have that feeling of go from single combatant with Spider-Man, right, which is single punches with single people that you would manage and bounce around to, to now AOE-based attacks. So we really wanted to make sure this AOE-style ability folded into and sort of complemented that traditional or that original Spider-Man combat style. And the L1 modifier to me was a big part of maintaining flow. And it's my favorite part of the Spider-Man combat system is how well it cancel flows through whatever you want to do. And that the 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 bioelectric powers had to work in the same way. Yeah, I think. Did I both- answer your question? <laughs> no, that that, that, sure. that, de- that definitely answered uh, answered my question because yeah, that, the venom punch is probably my favorite move in the game. Like that's my my favorite addition as far as like the combat system. But I also do like the uh, the holograms because uh, that it, mm. that's such a particular like. If I if if I was to imagine a Spider-Man game and and I was going to imagine like what his web or gadget powers were going to be, the last thing to come to mind would be, oh yeah, just throw out a hologram that would fight alongside you. Like, was that was that like somebody's decision that everybody went like, oh that's genius or what? Like, how that how that come to pass? Great. This this is what's so cool about Insomniac. Like we when we were designing gadgets, we put them way back in our design. Like we didn't put them up front. We knew it was like let's focus on bioelectricity. Let's focus on camo. And then we started making this mission where we wanted Pete to train you. So we still wanted Pete in our ear. We still wanted some sense of Pete, but we knew he was going to be away. So that's when we came up with the hologram Pete, right? Hollow Pete. And Hollow Pete's little, you know, you know, dummy fighters, right? And like, well, what, what if we, what if he, Miles got the idea that he could turn that into a gadget? So it was almost like we did that first and said, oh, that'd be a great gadget. And then it turned out feeling really good and organic that he would, make a gadget like that because he got the idea from from Pete's stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was a, one of those chicken and the egg things that one thing inspired the other. But I, I like it as a way to um, each of our gadgets, there's only four versus the eight. But we think because bioelectricity and invisibility, we, we counterbalanced the need for that many gadgets. Like I felt like in the length game that we have, if we had more than four, it might have just been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think, I, I just, I think the... that definitely worked out. Like that—that that was the thing that kind of balanced out the combat for me in a way where I was like, "Oh yeah, this feels way more 
refined uh in a way uh, more than 2018 uh, and so like i appreciated that i also appreciate the fact that like once I, the first time i did the hologram thing i was like was this somebody from like the ratchet and clank team like what how did this happen <laughs> and so I, I appreciate that explanation yeah i mean we, we definitely have the ratchet dna uh, through everybody that everyone every team member um we, we really try to be creative with that and bringing personality to these gadgets is is uh, is fun and if you really listen to some of the things they say the one that always cracks me up is the deadpan i exist when one of those things <laughs> yeah. up. i mean i just i just love that they, they have small sentience and you know and you feel kind of like feel kind of sad when one of those dudes you know gets beaten up so I really think that uh, what this game did uh, a lot better than the, the first one was kind of having all the different gadgets and abilities feel like they have a quest line to themselves when you're upgrading them. Like there's the, especially with the, the the Peter kind of training missions in the first game, there was just an abundance of things to do, which was great and which was super awesome. And it's the first game into this date, the only game I've ever platinumed because I enjoyed doing those things. Uh, but with this game, I I really feel like there wasn't too many stealth missions. There was the right amount of stealth missions and they felt like they built on each other and they built teaching you how to use your abilities as opposed to just here's things to do. Every time there was a mission, it was like, this one's harder than the last one. And I'm now learning how to do something new with the new gadget that I have. And with the hollow deck stuff or the, the hollow ground training, like all with all those trainings, the payoff at the end of learning how to do all those things step by step by step, and then you get the mission in front of uh, Empire State University, and mm -hmm. there's the hollow vulture, and you're going through all that. That might be my favorite bit of the entire game. Wow. Dude, did Yuri not kill it in that? I mean, Yuri's oh, yeah. performing oh, my God, the yeah. vulture. It's like, this is why Yuri is the best at what he does. You you give him a script, and he just eats every second of script you give that guy. I mean, <laughs> the, I just still laugh thinking about being in the recording session, watching him lean into all of those vulture uh, recordings, or when you're like rescuing one of the hollow, you know, people. You know, they're they're just sort of like, "Thank you, Spider Man." Like he he just he really enjoys the hamming it up, and and for Peter Parker, that is. It's perfect, right? So totally. Bless and I were talking on Games Daily a couple of days ago, and uh, one of our favorite things was the the vaguely racist line about the vulture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just fits so well, and it's like, it was just effortless, man. It it didn't feel try hard. Really like, quick. So much of the dialogue was great. I mean, we got you. We're doing a spoiler cast. We got to talk about my favorite thing, which is Easter eggs, right? We gotten so many fun mentions. Spider Man 2018 was chock full of them. This one, we got some fun little X Men shout or at least mutant shout outs with uh, with Dazzler and with uh, uh, Lila Cheney, which I wasn't even familiar with. I had to, to Google that for myself to see what it was. Of course, we got Doc Ock. We got the, the Wilson. Wait, wait. Wolf. I'm not going to pretend like I caught Daz. What are you talking yeah. about with Dazzler? I didn't and catch that either. Stuff. I, didn't, I didn't catch any of that. Oh, one of the. One of the uh, um, the uh the time capsules was uh, concert tickets yeah, yeah yeah and the concert was dassler and gotcha. uh lila cheney who was like a guitar player i guess a guitar based mutant gotcha. <laughs> which gotcha, is cool gotcha. but i just love that stuff and i love that that very much is outside of the traditional spider-man lore so so that was cool what what are some easter eggs that you want to to point out and talk about well i there's so, there's a ton of them and probably some like you just mentioned that i probably don't know all of them because that's what's great about our team is they'll just add stuff that that's small or like you have deep cuts that you have to research but i love the big wheel uh time capsule do you guys see the big wheel uh character guess you know who big wheel is I don't oh know. i saw I that but I, I, but I don't know who it is though okay go look go google big wheel he he's one of the characters like we we 
we <laughs> when we were musing who's the main villain i remember one of our designers said it should be big wheel we should make big wheel the, the villain of our game it was like of course ridiculous how could you have a character named big wheel your villain but <laughs> you know i'd love that the big wheels in there I, I love that um if you actually read the original comic that, that debuted with the tinkerer that the the repair shop is is like almost one for one for the for the comic panel oh, that's all. i just oh, that's like doing, so that, cool. doing that kind of doing that kind of research um uh you know i I think I think in general the, the the things that I I love best are when the team leans in, and I don't even know this isn't an Easter egg; it's more of an anecdote. Um, I want to just say where Spider-Man the Cat came from. Yes, is that all right? Yes, can I, can I go on a tangent? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have we design games very early. We just have a big bulletin board with cards, and they'll say things like "Save the Cat," and we have <laughs> a little card says save the cat and we put that up and like well that's a great thing for miles morales as a new hero to do we had no idea what how that was going to manifest or what it was going to be then it turns into a quest like okay what if this guy got broken into and his bodega cat you know got stolen all right well that, that's kind of cool but then you start to get into the practicalities of that it's like well bodega cat i need to bring bodega cat back how am i going to do that is he going to go into a magic pocket or do i want to you know no let's let's put him in a backpack let's put him on and then then we can swing back for them so as soon as you have a Spider-Man with a backpack and there's a cat coming out and the animators have done all that cute animation, it's like, well, we got to make that into a suit, right? <laughs> and, then, and then that that turns into a suit. And then the animator says, is that okay if I did a finisher with Spider-Man the cat? And I'm like, you better do it, right? It was like, <laughs> you, you must do this. And that's the way Insomniac sort of rolls. It's like, whether you call that an Easter egg or just the, the, the little passions that become now I think Spider-Man the Cat sort of gained his own, you know, internet fame almost instantly oh, yeah. when we debuted him. And and that's the kind of stuff that you can't manufacture. That That's just that organic team coming together and, and making something more out of something as simple as Save the Cat card. <laughs> that's awesome. One of the things I think that is wrapped up in the conversation and where I want to go with it, you're talking about Venom Punch. We're talking about camouflage. We're talking about Spider-Man the Cat and how I think this all makes Miles uniquely Miles and makes yeah. this experience not feel like I'm just doing uh, Spider-Man PS4 again, right? And I think, the, I think the limited number of gadgets means I'm more aware of my gadgets than I ever was with PS4. I think the, you know, the, the Venom bar filling in on its own or whatever as I go is a new way, let alone to still have my finishers and everything else. It makes Spider-Man uh, Spider uniquely Spider-Man and Miles uniquely Miles. The question I have for you is how... Was it an exciting challenge? Was it more difficult than you'd expect? Or am I making it too hard for New York as a character? You know what I mean? I think sequels and continuations, even for this one, people were like, oh, wait, so is it just going to be Harlem? No, it's still going to be all of Manhattan. Oh, well, is that yeah. just going to feel the exact same way? And like, I think you guys do some really nifty things to keep it fresh. What was that like? Well, I remember we had early discussions about what, what we could do to make Manhattan feel unique. And there was a lot of hand wringing around the idea, like, well, let's let's try winter. And I remember there was a lot of technical conversations, like, oh my gosh, that's actually going to be a lot of work, like making sure that that, that comes off correctly. And Jason Hickey, um, one of our art directors, says, no, we'll absolutely make that happen. And then him just like committing and working with the team to to very quickly sort of throw snow down on all of the city and and instantly making it feel different. We're like, wow. The, just seeing the team lean in on that and then of course all the holiday decorations that come yeah. with it and sort of the color that comes with that 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 was one of the first big things that we said let's try our best to transform the city 
And the other one that might be subtle, but I think it's important, is every single one of our times a day feels different because the skybox is different and, it, mm. and the weather is different. So you really get a feeling like, yeah, I've swung through this city before and in similar kind of ways, but it really does feel unique when you're looking at it with the pink sky sunset or um, more color in the nighttime or uh, the, 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 that kind of, if you've ever been to New York when it's just really oppressive, snowy and atmospheric, that one diffuse kind of like crappy winter day that feels like new york to me like i've been there going oh i've felt that i know what that <laughs> feels like uh, so i think that was that was one thing just on an, a pure aesthetic level but then i, I really think the and I, I keep coming back to the app but i i love the fact that we now have citizen reporting all throughout the city and those little activities that we've dotted around all of manhattan th those those made me think of about the city in a new way and then the other thing i really love is the um, the musical sampling activity that yeah. we did with with um, Aaron Davis? Uh, it was something that um, we we had we it came on fairly late. Darius, one of our designers, like was assigned to do this with a, with a small team, and um, it the the level of storytelling that it brought to landmarks and places around New York that are purely that really provide Miles a new perspective on his on his roots, on on the relationship that his uncle had with his dad. Um, that's the kind of stuff that really got me jazzed. Uh, and then did you guys play the postcards at the end? Dude, yes. Yeah, I did a couple. Devastating. Okay. That was the second thing yeah. I cried about the next day of mm, to sit dude. there and have Miles plug it in and have his dad talk to him. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Girl. So when your, dad, when your dad's talking to you about all these places that you've been and, and things that you did together, that, I mean, how do you make postcards collection turn into an emotional moment? And that's that's the kind of stuff that... that um, that we always try to we try to infuse story and try to try to make sure there's an emotional connection with this city. And that's the great thing about New York is it is a really cool city. But you can you can find ways to make something that feels mundane um, feel so much have so much more meaning. And I think and I, if if I can for a second, Tim, that's the thing I want to compliment you guys on. And I don't even think I had eyes on it enough playing Miles. But going back last night and starting my remastered Platinum playthrough. It is the idea that, you know, in the lead-in, it was this, oh, man, how different can New York feel? And for me, what's amazing about it and what I love, and I sold you guys short on, which I think is understandable because there had been the one game, it's the fact that I was happy to be back in New York, and I was happy to be back in the Insomniac Spider-Man universe. And I don't think we knew with one game that's what it was, but to come back in this, and like we talked about at the front, to be reintroduced to Rhino, to then also barrel through JJ's wall as he's getting ready to podcast, to, you know, to have the JJ podcast be there, but also have this new podcast there with a, you know Ashley Birch doing the Danica. voice. Yeah, exactly, that we're able to sit. Like, even last night swinging around and like, cutting through uh, the park and seeing the amphitheater where Genki and Miles meet up and, and do the suit. I was like, holy shit, right? Like, you've <laughs> made memories in this world. And it happened playing as Miles, too, of like, oh, yeah, I remember doing this such and such here or whatever. To go through and have that feel of it. So last night, swing by as Pete, where I know Aaron's going to work in a year. It's like, oh, my God. Like, it is this connected tissue. And whether that be a throwaway line about Hammerhead, whether it be the kingpin popping back up, like, I was like, Oh my God, I was so excited to be back and not feel like, you know, I know so many people are like, oh, Sp Miles, you know, when it got announced, oh, it isn't Spider Man 2. Oh, it isn't a full blown thing. Yeah. And realize that to even think about, I think, as sequels or whatever is shortchanging it. It was a new issue. It was a new issue of the comic book that is the Spider Man universe you guys have built. And I was so happy to have it. 
thanks, man. I mean, that that really was the way we wanted to do. And to your point, that connective tissue, those many stories, like what happened to all the Fisk real estate after you know, Fisk falls. Yeah, we sort of yeah. answer those questions, you know, in a way that's kind of, it's a twist, you know, the fact that the underground occupies it. Well, of course they did. Right. Yeah. Oh, they have trophies of, of these old gangs they took over. Well, of course they did. And then that deepens your connection. If you've played those previous games, like I remember what it was like for me to, to deal with those people and then the underground did. So that's how much, that's how badass they are. Yeah. That's the kind of, I really enjoy seeing and, and, it's like and the, the comic analogy is good. And so the, to, your, to the comic analogy in the world you're building, this universe of it, you know, again, for remastered, that's playthrough to go through and meet Gloria. And she's like mm-hmm. out on the street doing yeah. her thing and she doesn't want to go to Feast. And then to be in Miles and like here she is working at Feast, pretty much running it. Here's her girlfriend. Like you see this whole thing of like these people have actually changed and evolved in there. And even in Miles with, you know, a shorter window and a shorter time frame to introduce characters like Haley, where I'm like, I barely yeah. know you, but it's awesome. And I see this spark between you and Miles and I want to see what that's going to look like in Spider-Man 2 or whatever you call the next iteration of the universe. That's I I, yeah. I totally agree with what what Gray's saying here. I think that what this game did so well is kind of get on the ground level, and that's something mm-hmm. that you know Spider Man is. We've always talked about like why do we love him? We love him because both Spider Man and Peter Parker are dealing with issues that usually affect him on both levels, but both of those levels are on the ground. It's it's not the Avengers level threat. It's New York yeah. City, and I think that with uh, with what we have with this Spider Man in 2018. Eight years in, it's a little bit different. He he's not necessarily the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So to get that with Miles, and it's not just the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, it's Harlem Spider-Man. Yeah. And to focus in on that, having the characters and the ground level, the graffiti, the murals, the 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 Christmas kind of like uh decorations and wreaths and stuff, let alone just Christmas. This is the type of game I don't I can't think of a Christmas game off the top of my head. But I bet you guys that years to come down the line, people are going to every year play this game around Christmas. Yeah. Because that that sense of family, <laughs> that sense of holiday, that that sense of like, you know, kind of just community uh is built around Harlem and 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 being connected and even Rio uh being running for uh like you know, go, like some local yeah. go- government stuff. Like that felt feel so believable to her character and it doesn't feel like everywhere around the city the entire manhattan you're seeing uh billboards for her because i feel like other video games that's what they would do yeah. no she's yeah. only in harlem because yep. she's running in harlem like that's so cool and and she represents the everyday hero uh, miles has you know family was super important to us and that and bringing harlem to life that is the heart and soul uh, of, of this game, right? We wanted to bring Harlem was there in the first game, but not to this degree. Sure. Like the amount of, of attention and detail we were able to give Harlem was just because that story was focused around this this location. So I, I will say, Greg, when you asked the first question, what made it unique? I think out of all the things we did globally across Manhattan, we're most proud of what we did with Harlem, and not just the place, but the people and all the side quests yeah. that deal with the people of Harlem and how you help them. That's why I think we can earn the title of "Oh, he's our Spider-Man." Like, and that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's what I hope people feel at the end of the day. Uh, talk to me about one of the things that we talked about recently on one of the games dailies uh, about reviews and coming out. Uh, uh, Gita over at Vice had put up a piece, right, talking about yeah. like loving the game and how great it is, but then also this struggle of you know her being a person of color in New York and this pushback of NYPD and even go as far back as Spider Cop at 2018. There was still a conversation yep. of like, what do you guys? 
and I don't even say what, what's your stance. Like, how do you wrestle with that? There is the Black Lives Matter in this, right? It's very prominent. You a mission ends that way, so you can't miss it. How do you guys wrestle with what is going on in the real world with the NYPD and policing versus what's going on in your Spider-Man world and where the line needs to be blurred? Well, Stanley's principle for Marvel stories were always like, let's re reflect the world that's around us. And to ignore it is is not going to make our characters feel grounded. So in the first game, you'd, you'd swing through the city and you'd see pride flags, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, painted on the walls or, or hung up as a part of the emergent part of the city, something that you would see, that's something that reflects, you know, New York City today. Uh, Black Lives Matter, same thing. We, we'd expect to see Black Lives Matter murals up in, in New York City. Um, the relationship that Miles has uh, with, with his city and, and Harlem specifically is that of a, of a mixed race teen. He has a black father and a Puerto Rican mother. And the, the community that is in Harlem, that is of Harlem is multicultural. So we wanted to reflect all of those things. Now, when it comes to the criticisms of or the, the, the issues of like the relationships that that um, people of color have with the police, the the idea here is that we wanted to make sure that Miles had his own unique way to interface with the with the city directly. And that's where I think the app, gosh, I keep coming back to that, but it really is important <laughs> on, on many levels that this is the way that that the that he can interface directly with the people and and they could report their problems and then they knew that there was someone there for them. That someone was going to listen and hear them and, and, and see them and, and help them in a way that was meaningful and, and making strong connections. So that sense of community and that sense of people coming together and, and, and having ownership of who they are and having pride of who they are. Like, we, you know, you see the Puerto Rican flags on the street. You see the sense of culture and pride. We wanted to celebrate that aspect of it in this game and we wanted to acknowledge um that there are there are issues but in our story miles being connected to this community and that authenticity of the community was our number one goal uh as much as we could possibly do it within uh the marvels new york city did you expect the reaction you saw i mean based off the demo you guys put out of the puerto rican flags like i you know it was so heartwarming that day to go through and see the uh twitch streamers and people reacting of crying of seeing this in real and, yeah. and saying i've never seen my flag in the game before uh it, it was it was a wonderful surprise um we, when you work on something for a while even though it was two years you know that we were, were working on it you've become numb to some of the the exercises we go through. And, and one of those was, how do we continue making our world feel more unique? So we actually went to Harlem. We we sat down with families of mixed race families, black families, people uh, with, with different backgrounds, and we showed them our content in midstream. Like we were only a couple, three, four months in. And they gave us all this amazing feedback of how not correct it was. That, this is not <laughs> right. You know, you guys are not doing it right. And here's all the reasons why. Like, hey, the way that Miles is talking to Rio there, that doesn't feel authentic. Like that, if if if, if she talked, if he talked to him, my my mother like that, he would have been smacked by his mom. Like, we got all this wonderful feedback of 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 how to represent th this culture correctly. And so we took all of that feedback and we that sort of just became part of our process. And we lived with it for a while. It was like it was a part of our DNA. So when it came out, we forgot that oh yeah, we did this thing and it resonated with people, seeing themselves, seeing their culture represented with such pride and it feeling correct brought people to tears. And I think where we are coming from is this is all through the lens of authenticity, but it matters, right? Representation mm -hmm. matters. And that's something that we, we feel as insomniac games, 
we want to make a positive and lasting impact on people's lives. That's sort of our studio mantra. By representation, I feel like we're and being authentic. That's a big part of, of our of our mission. Well, I mean, it goes so much further. I think even that's what I was talking about in our review and just in general, again, like Haley, where it's like, here's this street artist. And even when Genki's trying to explain to her, no, you've met her. And she's, he's never like, oh, the deaf girl. The, you know, the, the, yeah. it's not like that's not what defines her. It's there. And not to mention when Miles drops in and starts signing to her, she is never like, oh, my God, you know, sign language. It's just like, no, this is how life works. This is how it is. And you would understand that and move on. Yeah, we we um, we we really felt it was essential that we could organically weave these uh different aspects of the human condition within our story, right? We wanted it to be normalized, that you'd see these people throughout the world, and it wasn't a, a story about her being deaf. That wasn't what the story was about. This is a woman who is politically engaged and trying to rally people, and she happens to be deaf, and she makes a huge impact in her community. And then the fact that Miles' interfaces were with her, with ASL, was our commitment from our animation team. We brought in actors and consultants to ensure that ASL was correct. Like we, d there was no shortcuts to getting that right because we knew if someone could could actually who, who speaks ASL mm -hmm. could could recognize that 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 was going to be important. So those are the that's the attention to the detail that the team put put into the game. I love it, man. One hundred percent. Now. I know we're getting long in the tooth here. I said probably 4.30, and we're already getting really close to that. So before then, let's hear a word from our sponsors, but then we're going to come back and talk about the ending, 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 yes. and where we're going, all right? So here's a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Honey. That's right. It's me, Greg Miller, and I use Honey each and every time I check out online. What is... I said online. You know what I mean. Uh, what is Honey? It's simple, ladies and gentlemen. It's a free extension for the internet browser of your choice, even though there's only one to use. Am I right? <laughs> Anyways, you install it uh, by going to joinhoney.com. Wait, we have a thing. Joinhoney.com slash kinda. You install it there. It's like three clicks. It's free. And then what happens is when you go to check out online at your favorite online retailers, more than 30,000 of the online retailers, uh, there's a little promo code thing that is always there. This little dancing coin from Honey drops down. And uh, he... He just dances like this, having a great time. And he checks all the promo codes on the internet to find you the one that will make your purchase the cheapest. It is fantastic. I use it all the time. I do not need to read the ad copy except for the 30000 thing and then the URL. I use it all the time. You should use it all the time. And if you log in, if you have a Honey account or link one of your other accounts to it, it will uh, accrue Honey coins the more you use it. And then you can spend those coins on gift cards and all sorts of little bonuses you can use. I 100% love Honey. I'm glad Honey continues to support us, probably because I use it so much. It's reciprocal because they pay us the money. Then Tim pays me, and then I spend it on things that I use on Honey, just like you can. So it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free, and it works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda so they know we sent you. Thanks, Honey for supporting today's episode. On top of that, it's forhims.com, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know the story well. Andy and Nick noticed their hair was thinning. They went to forhims.com. They scheduled an online appointment with a doctor. The doctor saw them, said, "You know what? Your hair is thinning. Here are some uh, generic pr uh, prescriptions to the you know the well-known equivalents." 
They mailed him, uh, mailed both of them, uh, the medicine. It was in discreet packaging, and now their hair is coming in thicker and fuller, and they're enjoying it. And Andy's very excited that it we're no longer at the office, so Nick can't eat his gummies anymore. But I digress. Today we're here to talk about erectile dysfunction. Uh, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, ED is something that plagues a whole bunch of different men. And if you didn't know, a lot of time men like me are too stupid, and we like you to go, oh, you know what? I'm embarrassed by whatever medical problem I have, and I'm not going to go talk to a doctor about it. For him says that's silly. Uh, what forhims.com does, of course, like I already said about the hair loss stuff, you can go to forhims.com. You can make an appointment. You can talk to a doctor on your own thing. You don't have to call there. You don't have to go wait in a waiting room. You don't have to have somebody come out and go, who's got ED? You don't have to worry about that. And plus, you don't have to go to the prescription line at the Walgreens, the pharmacy, or whatever. They send it right to you, discreet packaging. You don't have to worry about it. For hims wants to help you, uh, you know, feel better about yourself. And doesn't everybody need that right now? Try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash kind of funny for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash kind of funny. F O R H I M S dot com slash kind of funny. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. See the website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash kind of funny. All right, Brian. I, I won't lie to you. Like, I, I enjoy the entire ride. I had this, I, like, when the post credit scene happens, I had completely okay. forgotten about it. Like, I, it wasn't <laughs> like I was sitting there waiting for it. I was expecting something for Miles, something with Rio. I love, we didn't even mention that, by the way. I love how much that she knows. I love that it's revealed. I love that that's out there now, and she's supportive. And, like, you know, you remind me so much of your father. Like, that's all brilliant, beautiful stuff. But let's talk about Harry. Let's talk about Dr. Connors. Like, because I'm nerding out when I see it. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he calls him Kurt. I was like, oh, my fucking God. I mean, it's big. It's big, too, because Blizzard was not in Spider-Man 2018. Mm -hmm. However, people were dressing up as Lizard at the Halloween party. So who is who is Lizard in this world? Was Kurt Connors Lizard at some point? I think you guys are missing the most important question. Where is shirtless Spider-Man and when is shirtless Spider-Man going to make a, a return to our to our game? That's that's that was my biggest question. question. I want you to know that I did. <laughs> I did at one point message uh, James Stevenson and I said it was right after you guys recast Peter's face, which we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but I was like, hey. Why don't you recast again? Let me come in and voice shirtless Spider-Man, the man whose photos I take. And James did not respond to my text, so that's where that's that's where that conversation <laughs> well, ended. That's because you are not the shirtless Spider-Man. So let's get that straight. Yeah, I know. I just take his photos. Spider-Man. I would have tried. You know what I mean? Like I could have. Right. Yeah. Remember, we're all about authenticity, Mr. Miller. I understand. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> to answer your first question, um, there are things obviously that Brian, the other Brian, might want to talk about in the future. So I'm going to hold oh, all that uh, close. Mm-hmm. I'm not a coward. coward. I'm letting you know that 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 there are certain things, Miller, that must not be said, right? And some of those things are things that will happen in the future. But the fact that you were excited about the the, the potential with these characters uh, moving forward, we are also extremely excited. That you is, did such a good such- job of just hiding. Like I didn't even think <laughs> yeah. about Norman. I wasn't even thinking block. about the mayor, right? And then he comes. He's like, "Let him out!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" And the symbiote's jumping off him. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Awesome. Look. Can I, I'll, I'll. I'll be honest. These are. This is Miles Morales is what we believe an essential part of this Spider-Man universe that Insomniac Games and Marvel Games and Sony are creating, and that that story we want the promise of exciting new adventures in the in the future. So of course there are threads that we left hanging on the first game, and that we want to make sure people remember that these are still important threads that we want to continue. So um, Brian and and the crew have some exciting stuff to plan for the future. Okay, wink twice. 
if the the name Spider Man has ever been thrown around for the sequel. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm just gonna smile through all this. <laughs> You're like, don't <laughs> blink, don't react. Do you think this is something you want to do again? Right, like Miles Morales being this kind of pared down Spider-Man experience, right? That is a shorter game that is stripped back in some ways, but a step forward in other ways. Do you think that like the feature could hold Miles Morales too, or like any sort of like a all right? Here's a smaller Spider-Man package that is, uh, yeah. uh you know, I guess like a sidestep from like the mainline series, but still as core to the series. Well, let me answer it in this way. Our whole team relished the opportunity to make a, a, a product of this size. And I'll, I'll throw something back to you guys. I think this is an important part of how we as video game makers can tell compelling stories in a, in a faster cadence. I really enjoyed being able to make something in a two-year cadence versus a four or five or six-year cadence. So for me, I think it's essential to think about the ways we think of products, maybe taking different shapes and sizes, and that's okay. Um, so for me, I could just tell you, Blessing, I loved working on something of this scale, and I would totally work on something like this scale in the future. Um, but can you answer you guys my, I mean, I'm just curious. I'm like, what do you guys think it feels like to have a product of a different scale that tells a story like this? I personally love it. I've been saying since day one when Uncharted Lost Legacy came out, I was like, I will take one of these a year, please and thank you. I just love the fact that it's like it can get in, get out, give you all the thrills and set piece moments you need and all that stuff, introduce some new mechanics and, you know, have those like the, those heartfelt moments that I'm not going to spoil from Uncharted Lost Legacy. You're probably this isn't like, an Uncharted matter. Lost Legacy spoiler cast. Exactly. <laughs> Don't talk but about I love the that. elephants. <laughs> and uh, when when Miles Morales was first announced, and then there was like the questions of like, okay, well, what is it? Is it a sequel? Is it a this? Is it that? When it was said, oh, it is a smaller Miles story, I was like, this is like kind of ideal situation for me because i i don't think that this was paired back in i haven't really given my full review of this and yet anywhere but like, as a post show patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh i don't see it as a scaled back thing i see it as kind of like like i don't even want to say cutting the fat it's kind of just like okay what should this game be and i feel like it kind of achieved that um i think from the storyline perspectives I would love to get more frequent Spider-Man stories in this world as opposed to having to wait longer to yeah. get longer ones because there's still so much to do. Like, I, It's not like from a gameplay perspective, I still don't have hours and hours and hours of collecting things that feel meaningful and doing side quests that feel meaningful and all that. Like The content's there. I think just from a, a, a character and story and, and New York world perspective, like I would, I'd prefer this. Blessing. Cool, man. Yeah, I like this too. Like, I, I, I like the idea of the, uh, hey, if we can make a, and I, I know games have gone up to what, $70 now, but like, instead of making something $60 and making it this 30, 30 hour thing or 20 something hour thing and making it feel full and in some cases bloated, right? Like, I like the idea of, hey, let's scale down and tell a story that needs to be told within the time and scale that it needs to be told in. And yeah, like I say all the time, Uncharted, Uncharted Lost Legacy is my favorite Uncharted game for that exact reason, right? Like mm -hmm. Uncharted 4, towards the end of that game, I started to feel like, all right, this is probably wrap up at, at a certain point. And Uncharted Lost Legacy, I had, I had none of that. And I had characters that I hadn't experienced before. And I had all these things that made that, ga that game feel fresh. Uh, I, I, I do really like the idea of, especially for for AAA games, games of the scale, first PlayStation first party games especially, playing around with what they can be playing around with hey even if you, if like what does what would a 20 dollars spider-man game look like right like uh, that probably be that's that that's probably a, a longer different conversation but hey if 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 we could put out a three-hour experience and that and it works for what it is right if we are putting out mary jane the game 
or uh yeah mary jane watson the game right and it is like a stealth game or whatever right like if it's a, if this is if it's the scale down thing that works for what it is i'm totally down for that yeah and i think miles miles morales for what it is right like it coming out at uh well i think like 50 dollars on the ps5 uh you know I, I i like the 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 length and scale that it is cool man yeah, yeah i mean i'll just say one other thing uh it is it really allows us to also bring up other creative voices to you know when you think about these things they're huge investments right so i am excited about the future of um different size titles for that very reason as well yeah and i think it goes back to what we were talking about in terms of or what i said but you agreed with because i'm always right but uh, this being like issues right where i yeah i i'm right there with him man give me one of these every year every two years whatever it is to keep not burned out but keep these stories going and let me come back to this new york and let me be a part of that because again like you know hats off to you like i think this is a better game than spider-man ps4 and that's no shade at spider-man ps4 which i think is a fantastic game and still adore and it's cheating because clearly like even playing it last night night through the kingpin stuff and it's like Man, to think of the camera angles that were used here and the storytelling visually that was done, it's like clearly you guys learned so much from making that first game to apply to this game that it's cheating to compare. Yeah, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? You can't, right. you know, th- there's no Miles Morales without Marvel Spider-Man. That That's what's so wonderful about it. It's a continuum. It really builds on, on the foundation we created. So, yeah, I, but I, I appreciate uh, your take. Dylan. No, and it's that I thing. I think this one's miles ahead. Hey, all I got to drink is LaCroix after he did it. What a weirdo. All right, fine. Yeah, but I do want to get a question in here from uh, Anakin JMT, who wrote into patreon.com slash games, just like you can to be part of the show. And says, this question is for Brian. Can you go into detail about the decision to change the face model for Peter instead of upping the look of the ones you guys already had? Will this new model be included in the Thanksgiving patch for Spider-Man PS4, or will that continue with the original model? Of course, you guys made headlines uh, changing uh, Peter Parker. And you put out a statement, obviously, of like, hey, for next gen, this is what we think works for our Peter. Yeah, ultimately, we wanted to provide the next level of performance from Yuri Lowenthal's uh, reads. Because he's more, he's not just the voice. There's a lot of, um, just to be clear, he is performing Peter Parker. Like everything you see is motions, it's mannerisms, all that stuff is being captured uh, in a performance capture booth or in a video booth. Um, so we f- we found a model that we felt was going to be to best translate the nuances of Yuri's f- face and performance to create this Peter Parker. What's kind of really cool is I'm seeing as more people get to see the remaster and see it in context, they're like, oh, now I get it. Now now oh, I'm sure. sort of seeing how, how this works. And it, you know, every, you know, do gamers like change? Obviously, that's that's a challenge, right? Where people are get they love these characters. So um, all I can say is please, you know, please give it that chance to to play it, and and know that um, at this stage we are only planning on going forward that the new head to happen. So there was a question in there too about going back, bringing that patching that back. I don't think there's any plans to patch back. Yeah, you guys have been pretty clear about it being the next gen thing, yep. and yep. To your, even with me with Miles, which we didn't even talk about. The amazing flashback to them at the science fair, science center, oh, yeah. and then running mm-hmm. into Doc and running into Peter. Yeah. That was another, like, I, you know, me with the giant anime eyes of like the bump. And then <laughs> you, I did it my second playthrough. I walked away right away, right? And you guys don't force the conversation, but the bump, and then just to stand there and listen to them talk and like see Peter try to come up with an excuse to get out of it. I was like, oh my God. But so fun. There it was, I would say quote-unquote jarring because it was just like one of my first looks right we see him at the very beginning of the game and then that but even now being a few hours into remastered like when it pops up i'm like it's it's peter that's peter it's except you know what i mean like i understand what it is yeah. it's not like pulling me out of the experience yeah for sure uh before you go i i need to 
bring up one thing that I can't believe we haven't talked about. Suits, baby. <laughs> what, what what suits did we rock with with uh with our playthroughs? Oh man, oh, I when I was that was Miles Morales 2020, I want to say. So the 2020 I. suit. Dude, Dude, I it's the best, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, so blessing 2020, Miller. For the most part, I was I was going to be into the Spider-Verse. And I didn't have the effect on I turned off the suit mod. I played with it for a little bit. I thought it was cute. And then it was that thing of like, there's always that thing when you play the Insomniac Spider-Man universe of like, how far can I push it where I still feel like I'm in the universe, but I'm not breaking the universe? And so, like, I turned off the suit mod early on and kept swinging with that. But I do want to give a shout-out to, um, it's the it's the Spider-Man Miles Morales, but then it's the gold one. It's the one you yeah, get yeah. unlocked, I think, for doing side missions or something like that. But that one I yeah, thought was dope. Uptown Pride. Yeah, Hometown oh, yeah, Pride, yeah, yeah, Hometown yeah. Pride. And then a lot of, the, if it wasn't that, it was the the normal one, but with the scarf and hat, the earmuffs on. I love the scarf. Yeah, I, I was yeah, that, like... That's a, that, can I just it. say on that? That's another deep cut. Go into the comics. You'll see Spider-Man with that scarf. It's almost like a, it's it's a it's a nod to a classic Peter Parker uh, comic book. So nice. That's another that's another one. Uh, for me, I, I was waiting so much to get the Spider-Verse suit. I was like, I just need to get to level 14 so I can get this damn suit because that's all I want to play with. Uh, and then once I got it, it was kind of like Greg, where I, I tinkered with it for a bit, but I actually liked the animated suit better. Mm. I thought that it, it kind of felt more more authentically miles to me of like what I was trying to get from the Into the Spider-Verse suit, which I also loved. But I, went to, I played with the animated suit the most. Uh, there's just something, and this goes back to even 2018, the Cell Shaded was always my favorite Uh uh, the, or the comic book looking uh, yeah. suit yeah, yeah. was was always my favorite because I just love how it looks in the in the Insomniac world. So just I love that. Uh, but then once I got the twenty twenty one, when they first revealed that suit on like the screenshots of it, and like there was like the whole art, I was kind of like, "This ain't my vibe." Like I don't really. It's going too far. I don't oh, really, really like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I immediately knew when I saw it. I was like, "That's the one." I'm gonna rock they, that one. In the game, seeing it, I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this, this is Tim Gettys as fuck, and I love it. And, like, seeing him swing through, and I love the animations of the way Miles swings, but in that suit in particular, with all the, the LEDs and the, the headphones and, like, the like modified bomber jacket looking thing, I'm like, this is the, the, the dopest suit in the game. Yeah, and I just shout out to the to the character team and the tech art. The fact that the the expressions change on the LED lights, like like the eyes would. Yeah. Every single one of those suits, if you go through our cinematics, like when he pulls off his mask, we have solutions. They had to animate specifically for those suits. Yeah. You have to understand the level of detail because we know we knew that people wanted to rock that suit that was important to them, and we didn't want to compromise the experience. So that's the kind of extra level uh, that the team goes into. So special shout out to the character rigging and tech teams for those. And it's uh, quite a loaded question here. But last time when we had the other Brian on, we were talking about the suits and how some uh, there were some notable omissions. Where it's like, how 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 is this or that suit not here? Were there any suits that you guys were like, we can't do this, not yet? Okay, so Gavin, our, our, one of our art directors, he we desperately wanted to do the cape suit. There is this suit that you have full on cowl cape. It's sort of it's it's reminiscent of another character, I would say. Um, but <laughs> but but to to achieve that level of cloth, that amount of cloth, it was it was sort of a two. Like we had to make choices, right? And and that was one of the things. Like okay we can't do the suit for all these technical reasons, but man, we, we do wish we could, uh, could have done it. So that's the one suit that we weren't able to get in. You talk about all the love that goes into it. Another thing we'd be remiss without saying, I, uh, really thought your Stanley tribute was great. 
Like it oh. was, it, that's one of those trophies that's there. It's an Easter egg. And like you, uh, for me, obviously pre-launch, I'm going off of people talking about Spider-Man PS4 of where that restaurant was. And I'm like, and when I finally found it, it was just, so, it was understated, but it perfectly on point for where it should be. Yeah. He's a man. He obviously inspired so many of us. Uh, and I, I just can't can you imagine our world without, without him and Jack Kirby and all these these guys that just sort of toiled away making these these comic books that have lived forever. I mean, they they've created characters that um, that speak to us, and to, we 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 are um, we would have loved to have another cameo, but we couldn't to respect his his his. We just needed to, to memorialize him, right? And yeah. that and, and I'm happy you like the. Memorial. Well, it's another one of those that that works, right? Because you believe that you understand how much he meant to the neighborhood and how much you know what I mean. Like everybody had this connection to him. You believe that that would be there, so they're mourning their character, not even staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, so cool. I haven't got that yet. I can't wait to see it. That oh, sounds so, well, so sorry, rad. spoiled it for you. Oh no, hey, spoiler <laughs> cast, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian. Before you go, is there any other questions you have for us? Anything you want to take issue with us? You want to yell at blessing? You want to yell at me? You want to yell at Tim? Go at it. I can take it. No. No, I, I just wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity for us to talk about this game. I mean, obviously the team feels we're very proud of it. Um, it's just been rewarding to see the reaction, and uh, and we welcome all feedback, right? So blessing you and I will talk after the the, the cast. And oh yeah, I got some words, but I got some words for you. What give me some words. What are you? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't really have any words. All right, give me all your words. But no, we we really appreciate the the, the feedback, positive and negative, and um, can't wait for you guys to. If you haven't played it yet and you're watching the spoiler cast, shame on you. But if you <laughs> have played it and watching the spoiler cast, uh, if, if you have any other questions, Insomniac's really open. Come talk to us on Twitter. Uh, we, we'll, we'll answer your questions there. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Brian. Thank yeah. you for everything, man. This game was awesome. It's like such a, such a great thing in a year that's been so ridiculously weird in so many ways, hard in others. I think video yeah. games have been the one thing that consistently have been awesome and you know it's been such a great year for gaming and to to launch this new system with such a hit such an amazing experience that like really just solidifies for me that man video games are cool <laughs> thank you for that thank you thanks brother yeah all right ladies and gentlemen of course thank you for watching this has been the kind of funny games cast remember each and every week we get together to talk about all the things we love and dislike in video games of course you can catch it early patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can be part of the show you can get it ad free you can get it with the post show we're about to do which is tim getty's review of spider-man miles morales spoiler filled uh however if you want to toss us no bucks no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games rooster teeth and podcast services around the globe remember it is next gen it is here it is happening it is launched we're in the living it we're doing all these previews and all this stuff you can go over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games or more specifically kind of funny.com slash ps5 if you want to catch all our hands-on impressions until next time though it's been our pleasure to serve you this playstation 5 was provided by playstation for review